the level of legacy is very important in the financial services industry and brings an additional layer of complexity when it comes to implementing automation. You need to have a holistic view of the process and, to, uh, and not a fragmented view of the process. The best way to not get a payback from your automation investment is to have a fragmented approach. Hello, my name is Hayden Berry. I'm the thought leadership and content lead for Capgemini's business services marketing team. Today, I'm talking to Pierre-Louis Seguin, head of Capgemini Business Services FS, and Michael Courts, Transformation Services Lead for Business Services FS, about automating the finance function within the financial services sector, a topic that was the focus of a recent Capgemini report. Pierre-Louis, Michael, welcome. Thank you, Hayden. Uh, glad to be with you today. Uh, looking forward to this uh, conversation about this hot topic. Clearly, financial services is... Uh, uh, trending toward an acceleration in uh, transformation and automation implementation. And uh, we are, um, I believe, on a very uh, good observation deck to uh, discuss that with you today, uh, together with Michael. Fantastic. And Michael, welcome. Thank you, Hayden. Looking forward to the conversation. Fantastic. Right, diving straight in. Could I start by asking you both, in what ways is intelligent automation transforming finance? Uh, Pierre-Louis? Yeah, clearly, Aidan, as um, I mentioned earlier, uh, we uh, we see an acceleration and I would say a crystallization of uh, or a generalization of automation. Uh, as you know, financial services has been industrial for many years. They've been the first one to process checks and, and outsource and look for ways of uh, efficiencies. And now we are uh, uh, boarding the wave of intelligent automation, which is uh, clearly uh, the ultimate way to bring, as, as well as efficiency, uh, relevance to the end customer. It, it really combines the two, and it is extremely meaningful for financial services as it will uh, revisit and re-question the overall intermediation and the overall role of agencies, brokers, and the overall distribution network. That's why uh, uh, the financial uh, financial services industry is uh, uh, one could be say, uh, saying late to the party. Thank you, Pierre. Uh, you know when you consider the the complexion of the financial services industry, uh, and, and you think about the automation that is occurring in the ecosystem, uh, it, it is a pull through. And so, so if you think about what is going on in the banking industry over the last you know, 10 or 15 years, consider this payment processing, online banking, funds transfer, sales and trading, all these platforms are real time and almost instant re reconciliation. So from a strategic foundation of an ecosystem, the banking industry has really actually spent an awful lot of time focusing their technology investments <clears throat> on their, on their, what I'll call B2C model. But if you think about intelligent automation from a much wider span of intelligent automation, artificial intelligence, machine language, algorithmic, um, as well as cognitive learning, you, you start to see that finance is the pull through. Uh, great. Thank you. Um, on to the second question. How are FS businesses handling this shift to finance automation? Uh, Pierre-Louis? Yeah, thank you, Aidan. Um, well, clearly, as I mentioned, uh, we are now after the Proof of concept, clearly there is an auto, uh, automation plan at scale 
Um, and, and what is very interesting is that the automation wave is hitting the traditional way of uh, looking at IT and operation. First, uh, clearly, we see, thanks to the automation wave, a, a, a grouping of automation and ops, because obviously you need to get very intimate to IT to automate uh, operations and vice versa. So uh, first point. Second point, uh, as you know, uh, financial services institutions have been investing a, a massive money into their core businesses, their core platform. Hence, the automation juice, the automation results are much heavier outside of those core platforms. To give you a, 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 a sense of the, the, the balance here, uh, we believe that uh, 80% of the um, uh, you know, productivity extraction from automation and quality uh, will come on systems and areas outside the, the, of, of the core operations. So those are the, the trends that we do observe on the uh, implementation at large in financial services. Michael, do you share that uh, observation? Very much, Pierre. And in fact, you know, if you think about the major banks and their activities around M&A and acquisition, there has been an awful lot of acquisition and almost rack and stack of their technology platforms. And while there's always been a, a, a focus on the harmonization factor, the advent of intelligent automation combined with artificial intelligence and cognitive learning is actually allowing the flow through from what is almost real-time platforms in the front end to, I'll call it cyclical platforms in the middle and back office of finance to actually now come into a synchronization where it's real-time information that is allowing finance to be able to make better decisions faster and spend less time gathering information. Yeah, that's a very good point. And Hayden, just to, to maybe uh, build on that, uh, the, the, I, w I wanted to mention a trend that we do observe. It's also um, dealing with compliance. You know that bank insurance have been uh, uh, trying to implement and to enforce compliance in terms of uh, financial advice and, and things like that. They find with automation a way to enforce uh, compliance in the way to interact clients and in the way to gather their uh, uh, approval that is second to none and that's clearly an area where they start with. Yes, very interesting. Moving on to the next question. Um, Capgemini's recent reimagining finance in the FS sector report suggests that financial services companies have been far slower than those in other sectors to explore finance automation. Pierre-Louis, why do you think that, that is? Yeah, you know, it's a, I would say it's a mix back there because um, clearly uh, financial services industry is uh, dealing with a great uh, deal of uh, data privacy uh, and, and compliance before implementing uh, automation. So not sure they are late, but uh, definitely they did plan for longer time. Uh, well, first of all, uh, you know, um, the, the level of the current level of automation in uh, banking and insurance is quite high. I mean, this is an industry that is totally uh, dematerialized already. 
uh, hence the, the level of automation. There is no, no more physical product that are exchanged. There's few, few checks here and there, but for the rest, it's already an automated process. Um, so the second aspect is, yes, uh, we can certainly automate, but let's check we are compliant with uh, the overall prudential uh, compliance and so forth. And that's why I believe there is this perception of being late to the party. Uh, I'm quite sure in terms of uh, productivity ratio, uh, this industry will um, will catch up uh, very, very uh, quickly. Well, you know, and if you think about this from almost eating the apple from two sides a second, Hayden, uh, from the, the front end, you're starting to see a, an incredible amount of digital disruption. And let's take insurance as an example where uh, several uh, I'll call it vertical business units within insurance, and you take auto, you take life, are, are now starting to move towards a very formalized digital footprint where your client, your claimant, your policyholder is actually interacting off their phone. On the other side of the equation, you, you have, um, um, for example, the sales and trading platforms that are now instantly reconciled, um, electronic payment platforms that are now moving into what I call standardized um, data field aspects. When you start to compress from both sides of this equation, and you think about that finance is in fact the feeder to both and many of the business units, we're now seeing a tsunami of data. And so part of the challenge is is to make certain that the data is actually being managed effectively. And as Pierre-Louis just highlighted, the data security and cybersecurity aspects have been covered off. What we're starting to see very clearly, and if you take Zurich as an example on the ingestion, of being able to take out 400,000 hours out of their ingestion process. Or you think about some uh, mutual life companies that are actually creating virtual marketplaces for their claimants. We're starting to see a, a very much a shift in finance is actually in the center of that cortex. Right, and um, in your opinion, what are some of the barriers uh, FS companies have in implementing finance automation? Um, yeah, so clearly, uh, data privacy, uh, cybersecurity, and uh, the existing level of automation are, uh, uh, I would say, the uh, easy to uh, identify impediment for uh, a quicker implementation. But they are not all of them. Uh, If you take, for example, um, the life insurance industry, you know that the um, legacy uh, IT is very uh, present uh, in the sense that there is a pile of systems that have been, uh, um, you know, most of them, but not all of them, decommissioned. Hence, when you want to... um, Uh, automate a process to be efficient you really need to have a holistic view of that process Uh, the level of legacy is very important in the financial services industry and brings an additional layer of complexity when it comes to implementing automation you need to have a holistic view of the process and to uh, and not a fragmented view of the process the best way to not get a payback from your automation investment is to have a fragmented approach so building a holistic view of a process needs to uh, assemble skills on very different and various and heterogeneous system. And that's certainly a specificity of the financial services industry. Great. And Michael, could you elaborate a little bit 
or from your perspective? Yeah, I, I think there's some, you know, purely thank you for, for raising the, the legacy data issues and, and, and really being able to have an end-to-end view of, of the environment. But I, I also think that there are some considerations that may cross industry boundaries but are particularly relevant to FS, and that is uh, data ownership. Uh, typically, there's a split between IT and operations owning the actual robotic or intelligent automation space. I think it's a, it's right now a necessity to have, as Pierre-Louis said, a holistic perspective on the end-to-end process when you're considering intelligent automation. So increasingly, you're starting to see, uh, and especially in banking units and global banks, where they've had traditionally a very strong BU geographic footprint that has spread uh, the technical landscape, you're starting to see a convergence back. And when viewing the intelligent automation space in FS, looking at specific processes globally, uh, making certain that you have the most effective and efficient process, both from the people's perspective of what information do they need and what trans- and, and being able to decide and delineate the transaction processing pieces from the insight management. Kind of look at it as an economy of scale play versus an economy of skill play. Yes, indeed. Um, uh, I'm, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now, but just just uh, kind of a final question. Looking to the future, how should FS companies move along the finance automation maturity curve? Yeah, as I said, uh, we are on the eve of a, of a broader uh, drastic uh, generalization of the implementation. Uh, clearly, it is a massive transformation. You've been um, witnessing the digitalization of the front end of the customer interaction. No, now finance institutions realize that to be true to the promise to the customer, they need to digitize the core. And to digitize the core, they really need to implement smart automation, not only automation. RPA 1.0 left the building with very poor results. Smart automation is something drastically different because not only it embeds the uh, you know continuous improvement and, and, and learning, but it also, with the help of analytics, brings the relevance of the interaction, the relevance of the needs on a, a, a direct you know time frame. Uh, it's it, it's quasi immediate to have an answer, and that's exactly what the millennials, what the uh, you know the tech savvy people are looking for when uh, the context gives them. You know they are. Uh, hungry after uh, uh, unsolicited offers from their financial institution and only smart automation coupled with a smart customer interaction will help those financial institutions to take the payback of their investment in the customer interaction and in the automation. And you will see that coming uh, in the coming quarters. It's no more a question of years. It's a a question of coming quarters. The uh, the relevance and the personalization of the offers will be enabled by the smart automation. And that's what uh, all the projects that we are uh, in uh, with our client are about today. Thank you, Pierre-Louis. Uh, smart automation, smart customer inter- interaction. Uh, Michael, what's your view? Well, you know, I think we're seeing a, a revolution of sorts, Hayden. If you think about it, the concept of chatbots is uh, emerging, and it's emerging very strongly in the uh, financial services space. And think about this for a second. Um, many of the B2C model requirements of, uh, of a FS client has a customer service element. When you 
look at that from the standpoint of, uh, for example, a J.P. Morgan Chase uh, slicing out 360,000 hours out of the interpretation of incoming documentation in the loan space, in the insurance space. Uh, we're seeing a very definitive tips of the iceberg emerging, but coming back to Pierre-Louis' perspective, uh, holistically, uh, we're seeing a massive tsunami uh, really kind of coming to bear, and we're seeing it across insurance and banking, and it, and it crosses the spectrum of transformation. It isn't just RPA, and it does, isn't just intelligent automation, but it also includes artificial intelligence, cognitive learning, and machine learning, and when you combine the spectrum together, um, it is not unrealistic at all to expect that you know there's a 30 to 40 percent productivity opportunity in fs when you consider the finance sort of guardrails thank you that's all we've got time for today but do make sure to download our reimagining finance in the fs sector report for more insights into finance automation in fs just click the link in the podcast description pierre-louis michael thank you for a very interesting and insightful discussion Thank you, Hayden. That was a pleasure. Uh, I want to reinforce that the report is available. Uh, You can can click on the link uh, if you've been interested in our uh, view of the automation. uh, uh, You can find more within this report and more importantly, you'll find the analytics to support those points of views. Thank you, Hayden. And looking forward to the next time.